the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Start Start your your engines. Race fans, you are tuning into the only motorsports show in San Diego. Your host, Dave Stahl, and the racing school teacher, Brittany Sandoval, are taking you to the green flag, covering everything from your top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Strap in. It's Checkers and Wreckers on Racer Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This hour is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you're into, if you have a grocery store, liquor store, and you're having trouble with cashiers, well, Southwest has a great program. It's called Self-Checkout. Walmart, Home Depot, and Costco use it. Just go to southwestpos.com or call them at 800-540-2149. Mark or Jeff will come out to your your business, take a look. And if your equipment fits their equipment, you're good to go for less than what you'd pay for a cash register you can do uh, meat and produce scales as well these guys have been doing this since 1975 and the best thing is if you're open they're open seven day a week 24 hour a day that's southwest point of sale call them 800-540-2149 give them a shot tell me right here on the radio also san diego gear and axle if you have a vehicle race car street car off-road truck or just a truck in general and you want to do some drivetrain modifications sdgearaxle.com 1488 pioneer road in el cajon plus steve is big into drag racing so that might not hurt either also dragonfly auto repair right there on pacific coast highway 4055 new advertiser Napa Auto Care, ASC certified, AAA approved. Can't get any better than that. Give them a call at 619-704-2280. That's dragonflyauto.com. Hey, Brittany, how's it going? All is well. So what do you got for us today? Well, Hey, you know when uh, Lars Larson contacts you personally mm-hmm. and says, I got a pal you're probably going to want to interview. You don't even need to ask questions. That's pretty yeah. much how it went down. Cool. <laughs> so uh, joining us in studio to my right, we have Lars Larson, the Lars Larson, who was just recognized at both the San Diego and Anaheim Supercross. Yes, that one. So humble over there. And we have his pal who was a motocross turned enduro rider, racer, mm. I should say, not just rider, but racer, Chip Howell. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank hey, you. Hey, Chip, how's it going? Very good, thank you. Mr. Alpinian. He's yeah. up in my neck of the woods. Lars, you need to grab that microphone and He's pull it over He's laid back there. today. Yeah, you're just <laughs> enjoying Yeah, life. you two are neighbors, and Lars and I are neighbors. So, it's a small world. It is yeah. a small world. So, yes. Chip, how many years did you, did you ride? I'm still racing. Attaboy. Oh, all right, very good. Since 1970. So what type of riding do you do now? Vintage motocross. Okay, you want, you're with Cal VMX? Yes. Frank and the gang? Mm-hmm. Okay, I always have to tell Scott. you. I have to tell you the same story. I always say when I hear you guys. When they came to KUSI one time to promote a race, uh-huh. and I walked up to a gentleman that had a bull taco, and I go, "Wow, that thing is beautiful." He said, "It looks brand new." He goes, "Yeah, it's a great bike." I says, "How easy? How hard is it to start?" 
He said, I don't know, it starts every single time. I said, well, it can't be a bull taco. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> right? What do you drive or ride? Uh, Husqvarna motorcycle. Okay, so that's why. Do you feel out. obligated? Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys become friends? Do you know, like, the Goes race? That the far back, huh? <laughs> yeah, racing against Lars in the 70s. Oh, wow. Pretty much, yeah. You've race, always, you always okay. been on Huskies? I started, <clears throat> excuse me, in 1970 on my first 250 Husky. Mm-hmm. And then all the way through till 1980, I was on Husqvarna. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then you drifted a little? Drifted a little bit to Yamaha a couple years. Found out yeah. that wasn't that wasn't the same. Well, it was a good bike. The oh, yeah. It was yeah. a good that, bike, and then I went back to Husky. Is that the old blue one? Uh, it was an IT, yeah. IT, yeah. yeah. I feel like my, growing up, there was one in our garage like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, wait, did you have to race him when he was on that silver one? The illegal platinum yeah. no. one? No. Oh, well, okay. he. No, I think I saw him race that when I was a, a novice racing the way ama races went back in the day district 38 the, the novices would race in the afternoon so okay. if you got there early you could watch the experts race mm-hmm. see if you could pick up a tip or two yeah and i remember lars and billy silverthorne going at it at dehisa mm-hmm. just like wow <laughs> they're, they're on 400 huskies and lars had his titanium bike and billy was on a stock i think stock bike and uh Man, they just put on a show. Or so that's what he would tell you. They put on yeah, a show, though. They were stuck. really, really fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> then you get out there and you go, wait a minute. How, how come I can't go that fast? <laughs> My 250 doesn't go up the hill like that. <laughs> uh, throwing a roost 40 feet back. No, it doesn't do that. Jeez. Yeah. You know, Calvia Max, I think, is one of the best things that ever happened to, to, to ex-motocross riders and guys that never were able to afford to race motocross, but can get into it now yeah because bikes are available the organization is very well put together Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 good racing environment and also you get to hang out with you know your friends and it keeps you in shape and you're not taking each other out you know you've all had your day so you're not out there for blood like a a pro race or something lars would never do that blood lars wouldn't do that did you ride for blood Always. Oh, <laughs> even to this day? I mean, you were just... No, crazy. you don't do it now, huh? do you? No, but by the same token, once you get up on the starting line yeah. behind the gate, the, the little horns, they, yeah. they start growing up. <laughs> and, and, you know, when when the gate drops, I mean... It, it's all over. You, you think you're 18 again. I, I yeah. felt that when we were at the Supercross just a few weeks ago. I was standing next to Lars at a lot of the starts, and I don't know if you realize you were doing this. And sorry, listeners, since you can't see me, um, but he kind of clinched his fists, and when they would drop the gate, he would kind of throw his arms around like, Ugh! <laughs> like it was. All, I don't. Are you aware that you were doing that? I, I think so. It was so cute. I, it was it, awesome. It's a, you know, you you like to see if you're with. The gate, the timing, the right. and, and yeah. so on. And it, uh, I think it's like so brushing tight. your teeth. You've been doing it so often, you don't even think twice, <laughs> but right? But a, a exactly. little more exciting, I hope. Well, absolutely, but I think that's one of the things that probably made you as good as you are and were and still are is that consistency. You know, even though the little horns come out, everything else goes into what they call race mode right exactly you don't even you don't even have to think twice no even though the tracks are different 
You know, you could go whatever track it is. You just, I think it's what you call adjust on the fly. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. either gonna turn left or right. <laughs> and either you're going to be up or you're going to oh, be geez. down. One of the, one of the two. Exactly. By the way, how are you feeling? Because I know you had a little mishap a couple races back. Yeah, at that uh, that world championship uh, in in the afternoon when you're going back up the hill. Yeah. It it just it's like it's pitch black, and once you get up there, mm. there was people scattered all mm. over the place, and you're trying to zigzag in between, but finally you, you know, you lose your momentum, yeah. and right. uh, all of a sudden here I am, tumbling, tumbling down. downhill, and so I have a little tear in the rotator cuff. Oh, Ouch. so you haven't been able to ride since? No. I haven't. Okay. You're going to get back on it? I'm going to go and try here pretty soon and see how it Ooh. feels because they they don't want to operate mm-hmm. on this one because there's arthritis. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit too old, Yeah, I guess. you're, what, over 21? Yeah. So, a little bit. You know. So, so um, uh, they say who, because the rotator cuff does not heal by itself. No. It has to be stitched together. But doing that with the arthritis in there, they said it's going to be a half, you know what, job. And, and, it could, and that yeah. could be your retirement right there. Yeah, and there. yeah. And, to and you're make, not quite ready for retirement. No, but at the same time, the only way to really do it right the, yeah, is to replace the shoulder and hello at my age, I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. So just ride through the pain? <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what you're going to throw your leg over? Yeah. When you get out next? I I don't know. Anything? Maybe a Husqvarna. Anything, anything that rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Husqvarna. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. They're nice to me at the motocross action magazine. You know they they say you're the oldest here. You pick. Nice. nice. Wow. That's a good thing. Wow. That's nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to work on them anymore. Nope. <laughs> I don't even have to feel the gas. That's wonderful. Wow, yeah. diva. Come in with the limo. <coughs> yeah. Come in with yep. the limo. Yeah. Get out. Get on. Race. Come back. Get in the limo. Go home. He does usually have a driver. I've I've picked up on that, Lars. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Well, I think you, you paid your dues. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you paid <laughs> well, it's uh, it's sick. if I start racing this year, it will be sixty fifth season straight. <laughs> That's so. awesome. You will. Straight. I have all the <laughs> straight. That's chips over here going. Jeez yeah. Louise. He, he asked me one day, "How when did how long you been racing?" And I said, "Since 1970." But he goes, "Have you raced every year?" And yeah. I go, "No, I have not raced every year." Yeah. So he's been consistent. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Racer Radio FM 96.1 AM 11:70. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by El Cajon Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody treats you better than El Cajon Ford. Go to ElCajonMotors.com for all your new and used Ford products and every other car on the planet. Plus, you may not be aware, but their service department actually will work on anything in your garage. That's correct. With master technicians working on your vehicles, you'll never have to worry about going to more than one dealership. El Cajon Ford, right there at 1595 East Main Street. Go down there and tell Paul thanks a lot for sponsoring 
Racer Radio. All right, we got uh, Lars Larson and Chip Howe, a couple of motorcycle uh, folks from the days gone by. Both still, both still racing. So that's a great, uh, that's a great uh, thing to see. Just to go show you that one motorcycling is still an absolute blast, and you can still race. There's plenty of divisions out there, and we thank them both for giving us the entertainment from the past and the future. You had a question. I do, when you're done. Go ahead. Um, I'm curious about this, Chip, the transition from motocross to Enduros. That's that's two different worlds, slightly. I used to work for Husqvarna Motorcycle Distributor from 77 to 80, and I raced CMC Motocross for 10 years. And motocross just got to be kind of a grind. Okay. Every week, Carlsbad Saddleback, Carlsbad Saddleback. And when I was working for Husqvarna, these enduro riders would come in, Dick Burleson, A.C. Backen, Larry Rossler, and they always had a smile on their face. <laughs> and it just seemed like motocross, you know, you have to pay a gate fee to get in. You had to pay a heavy entry fee in the pro class. And if you're not winning, you're, you know, it just, it, it got to be a grind. So uh, I thought, I want to try this enduro stuff. I like riding all day. I ride motorcycles because I love to ride. And when you ride a 150 mile enduro you had a good day you've ridden quite a bit so uh i transitioned into riding district 37 enduros all right up in la this does my shirt look familiar to you yep yep what can you tell our listeners do you have any experience with that <laughs> yeah i rode Takati enduro uh, working with the people i worked with at husqvarna um they go yeah there's a Takati Enduro, you gonna you gonna ride that Takati Enduro? And I go, I don't know. I don't, you know, I was racing motocross then. Yeah, what's a Takati Enduro? Yeah, what yeah. they go, oh, it's a, like a family Enduro down in Mexico. You know, and oh, okay. So I sign up. I I post entered late and went down there with Rick Finger and his dad in their motorhome, and um, it was seventy eight, and it they had get this, they had. 271 started and only 19 finished it rained it rained and rained and rained and my 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 three guys on my team uh were gone before lunch on saturday so i was riding to save my life because i'm a motocross guy and i didn't know where the hell i was in takati and but i finished and i got i got 18th out of those guys and then next year i did better and uh it was real prestigious back then to win the team trophy. Malcolm's team would usually win. <laughs> and uh, we worked on that. And we had a good team. We won the team trophy in 81, I believe. Do we remember all the names of your team? Yeah, it was, I'm putting uh, you on the spot. Rocky Tuggle, Randy Hollenbeck, and Rick Finger. All right. And uh, we, we won the team trophy, which was awesome. And then in 82 was the last two-day 500-mile enduro. And I won that. I I was. I won that overall. I read that. Yeah, you won the the last two day. Mm -hmm. That was on a IT four sixty five Yamaha. And were you smiling like the? uh... It's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Well, it's so much difference between motocross and enduro racing. Motocross, you're in a confined track that that's just over and over and over. You can't really get lost. You can get help real quick. But an enduro. That's a horse of another color. Yeah, and you, me being a motocross rider riding an enduro that has a 24-mile-an-hour speed average, I'm thinking I need to go 24 miles an hour no matter what. <laughs> and and Malcolm was like – Malcolm Smith was two minutes behind our team, and he'd come up and pass me, and, and you know, I'd 
keep him in sight. I'm like, what? He's writing. What's he doing? He's, he's early, you know? And I learned from following good riders that he's he's riding fast when he can, uh-huh. and then he takes his time through the tight stuff mm-hmm. because he's built up a little bit of extra sure, time, sure. and he right. knows there's no check coming up. So I learned to... You know, start riding enduros that way instead of just yeah. You can't go twenty fourth through yeah. that stuff. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was point. tough. Takati was really tough. Ooh, Lars has a finger up. Yeah, he's learned. He wants it. to add to this. Well, uh, I we don't have enduros like that in Sweden. So when I came here and they and I came from ridden the six days. Yeah, six days. The six days enduro, uh, and and I remember the very first it was back in Kentucky someplace and you know I I took off and I got to the first you don't know where the checkpoints yeah. are so, mm-hmm. hey you're going too fast yeah. you're going too fast but do they call that burning so I slowed down and I slowed down and at the third or the fourth uh, checkpoint I remember I in my broken English I said yeah. well do you want me to take off the bike and push it oh my gosh <laughs> Lars <laughs> well yeah but if you don't know. No, I had no idea how to figure this thing so, out. So, yeah. did you like enduros better than motocross, or did uh, it, you care? It's like, uh, it's two different worlds. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, but I mean, if you had your choice, well, the the reason the enduro came into play is because when the motocross season was over in Sweden, uh, early early October, then the enduro season started. Right. So from then. Till when the motocross started in in April, what were you gonna do? Right. So you race year round. Mm-hmm. Year Stay round. in shape. Right. Yeah. In shape. What about you, Chip? If you had your choice between motocross and enduro, because I know you sort of alluded to the financial mm-hmm. load on motocross, not so much in enduro. True. True. I, like Laura said, it's two different disciplines completely. Right. I mean, I I love riding all day and so your discipline would probably be enduro Mm -hmm. not taking into consideration the cost factor but Mm -hmm. if you if somebody was paying your way i guess i should say and you had your choice to run a motocross or an enduro you would probably take the enduro yeah at my age yeah (laughs) what about when you were younger uh, lars and i were talking about that out in the car it was like I'm happy we don't have to ride on the tracks they have now with the doubles and triples. And can you, you imagine? Know, we rode natural terrain right. tracks and you know big uphills and downhills, and now they just yeah. How often did you do a double or a triple? Not back in the day. You not know, with we, six we, inches of wheel travel. No, uh-uh. <laughs> nothing like that. When you first started doing enduros, was it new to you? You had to change the tires, right? Yeah, like the back tire. Yeah, yeah. How was that for you? I, I qualified for six days. In '81, and I never changed the tire during the qualifiers. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm pretty gentle on the bike. I don't oh, okay. get flat tires, and and I'm like, oh, you know, you're supposed to do this in less than four minutes. minutes. Oh, oh, four. Okay, yeah, you yeah. don't have a lot of time yeah. to do that. So uh, no quick releases. <laughs> no, there's little secrets. I uh, Larry Rossler taught me about taking the tire off the IT465, put the wheel back on the bike, and then you always work away from the sprocket. So. Start the bike up and hold a rasp on there and grind, you know, just kind of file down that one side of the wheel you're going to be working on mm-hmm. when you're changing your tires. It makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And we ran uh, <laughs> rim pins back then. We didn't run rim locks. Okay. And, you, and I got it where I could pull the bike up, put it on the stand, 
you know, do do it all in four minutes. I could do it, and I'm like, I'm not the tire guy. Now, did you, have to, did you have to take the tire off the rim? Yeah. You couldn't just put another tire on there, a tire and rim? No. No, at six days, you have to be able to change your own tires. Not yeah. They don't just – and everything is – back when we did it, or there's a marshal watching you, everything you do, they can't. Can't you yell at him? Hey, come here, help me out with it. No. So you have to be able to change a tire. I change a tire every night at six days, and right. I went through I think three front tires. And wow. So, uh, did yeah. you have any tricks, Lars, for changing tires? I hated it with, with a passion. <laughs> I would too. Well, I wanted to bring but it up. <laughs> nevertheless, there, there was a few little tricks, and yeah. when you know that you were going into the final checkpoint for the day, mm-hmm. uh, like. Uh, half a mile away from that you stop and let the air out of the tire and rode in like on a flat because that way the tire came off the beach so it would make it a lot easier Mm -hmm. the the tires aren't warm and it's off the beach so you get it off the rim much quicker (laughs) things like that they didn't say that was against the rule no 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 you can they don't care no no, they don't. What about like the navigation? You just ha- I remember my dad had like this little scroll and he'd handwrite things and stuff like that. Well, but in Enduro, you have back then you had a roll chart. Yeah, okay, the roll and chart. It, and it Did you put that on your bike? It has yeah, and it has a little knob and yeah. you have probably 10 minutes of what you're looking yeah. at and you if you're planning ahead like California Enduros, they can have all different speed averages like 12 miles an hour, 24, 36. So you you want to keep that at the top and all everything has to jive when you come into a checkpoint but if you're riding smart you keep that up at the top mm-hmm. and i used to highlight mine if there's a speed change coming up like oh, we're yeah. going to be going right now we're going 24 across this desert it's real easy but we're going in those hills yeah. and they're bumping it up to 36 yeah. so that's what's called a special test so they're going to check you in there's going to be a check before that somewhere their secret <laughs> somewhere and then three miles are free after a checkpoint so you can just haul mm-hmm. and then you know, slow back down well look real quick at three miles and you're still behind so you just <laughs> you just still keep it pinned and then whenever you come out of there that's usually where they score the enduro so is it all electronic remember then, we saw that gentleman now it is yeah. now would it you is. have preferred or are you glad you were old school um, you didn't know better then but it, it was an art to keep time. Mm-hmm. It, it was like Dick Burleson was very good. He could run the numbers in his head while mm-hmm. he's riding. Uh, and uh, once you learn, I liked it, keeping okay. time. I don't know about Lars, but... Did uh, you like it? I, I never done. I never learned. I'm not. I'm too stupid. And, no. and well, wait, we, six, six and days you didn't have to do that? Days, no. Yeah, and, so... And yeah. Duro in Sweden was not that way. Oh, yeah. We yeah. know where the shakes are. Yeah. We had a time car that you have... It's uh, 10 miles, and you got to be there in 14 minutes. Right. And you just hold butt. If so it was early, nice and you simple. Just, you just stopped at the checkpoint and waited till the clock came up on your minute. Then you rolled in, stamped your card, and off you went. Oh, my God. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a, the Enduro that that uh, ship is talking about. That's a, basically an entirely different ones yeah i i did a race one time with john penton and i mean him and burleson they were the kings of enduros Mm -hmm. the american way and and i was on the minute with john penton and all of a sudden he stops in the woods and i said what's the matter what's the matter oh we're early lars 
early what? How yeah. do you know? Just yep. just following me, and we aced every day. Yeah. That's funny, point. yeah. It was fantastic, and I said, fantastic, but thank you, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We got Scott Delosio. 28 years, Paris Auto Speedway. Gosh, there's got to be a birthday cake in there somewhere. This is Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, this segment's brought to you by Paris Auto Speedway, 18700 Lake Paris Road in lovely Paris, California. In fact, uh, we've got Scott Delosio on the line. It looks like they're celebrating their 28th season, and the racing is upcoming this Saturday. How you doing, Scott? Doing good. How are you guys doing? So you get? Hey. Are you gargling? Are you getting ready for the opener? Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say you're gargling because we're underwater, but that oh. hasn't happened either yet. It's just starting to rain here. Oh, is it? Oh, is it now just starting to rain up in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah, it's been raining in L.A., and it's just, the ground just got wet here, where it's completely covered, so it's right. still mild, but it's it's within a couple hours of getting ugly. All right. So, what's on the schedule next Saturday? Yeah, next Saturday night, uh, another time, LKQ Pick Your Part is going to present Night of Destruction to open the 28th season. Um, figure 8 cars, we brought back the figure 8 trailer race for this year. Um, the mini stocks on the road course, demo cross, and of course the fan favorite, the double deckers. I just had uh, did a radio show this morning called San Diego Automotive Museum, and they had never heard of uh, Night of Destruction. So I told them that to get their tails up there next weekend. I I wasn't sure it was Night of Destruction, so I'll reach out to them and let them know because they will be blown away when they come see it because they they couldn't good. believe it yeah good good should be a good show uh you know a lot of cars first time out so there should be a lot of cars um that weren't out there last year who haven't been torn apart yet yeah isn't that the isn't that the truth yeah it's gonna be and folks if you've never been it is absolutely amazing it I, is i was so, just showing chip the double deckers can you imagine that chip the guy on the guy on top is is uh, steers and the yeah. guy below is breaking gas oh. with no communication. Amazing! So you and Lars could do yes. it. Yes, yeah. I could, think Lars would probably want the gas pedal. Yeah, then you guys would be on your yeah. side in turn one. That's one of the pictures I have where it's about to tip. Show and, it to Lars because uh, that. I mean, am I right, Scott? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you said in turn number one, but in double decker racing, that's turn number four is turn number one. Oh, oh. And turn number four is turn number one in an oval race. Does that's, that make any sense? Oh, yeah. More, yeah it's clear as mud. Wow. Clear as mud. The time I went up, I think there were four double deckers, and three of them tipped, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just goes to show you that uh, uh, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Oh, but see, the thing of it... You don't have to be crazy, but I'm sure it helps. Well, Scott can tell you, Night of Destruction, isn't that one of your most attended races To a, I mean, throughout the season? Yeah, for sure, and he's right. You know, you have to be kind of crazy to do it. We actually, before anybody can drive in the double-deckers, we have them take a test. 
And if you qualify in the lower end of the scores, <laughs> that means you pass and you can drive them. Not believing him. <laughs> You're so funny. And, you know, we, we just talked to, who did we talk to last weekend, that that's all he's ever done is just Night of Destruction. He hasn't done any other form of racing, and he absolutely loves it. Who did we talk to last Saturday? That's the one where there's the boats in the way and yeah. the barrels in the way. Yeah, Duro racing. Yeah, it was Rob Malthoff. Yeah, Duro. <laughs> what a great interview, man. I'm telling you, we had a great time with him. But uh, so 28 years, are you wow. guys doing? I mean, it's I guess it's not because it's the 25th or the 30th, but <laughs> anything special uh, this season? Uh-huh. So far, to my knowledge, no. We'll probably wait till the 30th. You know, we did the 25th anniversary season one year late uh, yeah. due to COVID. So right. probably on the 30th, you know, Don will dream something up. I mean, <laughs> we're bringing back the Oval Nationals for the first time. Ooh. We didn't have them last year. Um, so that's coming back at the end of November. Sprint cars are back for their first night on October, excuse me, February 24th. Mm-hmm. So that's just a couple weeks away as well. Gosh. And they're running, um, they've got a brand new sponsor uh, Avante Windows and Doors sponsoring the sprint cars this year, and they have dumped a ton of money oh. into that series for the drivers. So that's going to make it even more exciting. Yeah, that's going to really uh, fill the pits up, so to speak. Yeah, hopefully so. Yeah, um, that's kind of the you know, idea. It's like, all, it's like all racing. As it gets more expensive, the pits seem to get slimmer and slimmer in some classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but hopefully with this extra money up for grabs, it'll help uh, pump them up a little bit. Right. Well, you guys can never really judge what division's going to grow and what, what division's going to be affected. Uh, there was a time, uh, what, what, uh, Brittany races in the dwarf cars. There was a time at Barona Speedway. It was, you know, the numbers were kind of low. Now the numbers are definitely. We went from, when I first started, there was a B main. I had to really work hard to get into the A main every single race. Then and then it the did B dip went down. away. Then the B went away. Now, now it's coming back. It's coming back. So yeah, yeah. and, and the, yeah, it, happens. it happens throughout racing. Yeah. And you know, all this stuff started in the late seventies when people quit building their own stuff and started buying stuff off the shelf. Right. And that's when racing really, the price of racing really went through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's chassis, engines, what whatever the case may be. And then of course we still have issues with, you know, getting tires. Mm, I was and, thinking that. And I don't think the tire issue has, has been resolved yet, do you? I think it's a lot better than it was as far as getting quantities. Mm-hmm. Um the quality of tires has been really suspect the last five years. Really? So you know, when the quantity went down, the price went up, um, and the quality went down. And the quality has never, I didn't, you know, hopefully this year will bring something different. Right. But there's been a lot of delaminating in tires that never seemed to happen hmm. as much, you know, seven, eight years ago as it does now. Right. So hopefully they've got that problem solved because it's not cheap to buy, you know, tires for a sprint car anymore. No, no. Uh, the other thing that we haven't talked about in a while is uh, is the issues with the water uh, department. Well, that's all been, you know, um, unfortunately, when everything looked good, um, looked good all the way, the judges rejected um, the state's um, attempts to cancel the lawsuit four times. Mm-hmm. 
so everything looked really good. And then I think it was eight or so days before the judge suddenly threw the lawsuit out. Okay. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound to me anything like that judge uh, helped making that decision. But, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It sounds like that judge helps, uh, got help along making that decision yeah. somehow. I mean, they were against it for so long. Right. And then they changed their damn mind at the last minute. Come on. Yes, that's telling you something. Well, but it's not going to, and people need to understand, it's not going to affect the racing. It's just going to affect getting in and out of the track. Right. And, you know, we we tried to stress that with people, and some people just, you know, they missed that point. Right. The racetrack was never, never in danger of closing due right. to this. Right. What it was is just what you said. It's going to cause a pain getting in and out, which, you know, eventually is going to cost the racetrack some money in yeah. funds with people. You know, if this damn thing ever happens. Well, there's you know, that, too. supposed to start this for so long. How many times? Right. You know, how many times we heard they're going to do it, and they haven't done a darn thing yet. Yeah. And so that's, you know, right now there's no sense. Well, at least you're stopping the, the financial bleed of keeping lawyers chasing this thing down now it's just a matter of educating the masses you know don't let a little traffic you know because once you get to the track you get to the track and yeah you may have to you know deal with some detours and and a little bit more traffic that just means come a little bit earlier it's not it's not the end of the world you know exactly if there's got to be ways, you know, we can put together and advise fans on what to do, whether it's like, hey, you know, if you live in this uh, zip code, mm-hmm. this zip code area, you know, come out at like 2 o'clock, or that's too early, but come out like at 3.30. Right. You know, then, you know, another group area, come out at 4. I mean, that might help some. Who knows? Well, I don't think. You know, I think we're gonna we're gonna get around it one way or the other. Well, and they're not doing anything to the roads on Saturday night. They're probably doing more during the day, Monday through Friday, wouldn't you say? Um, they're saying twenty four seven, seven days a week. Yeah, that's what that's what they have said. Yeah, well, you know as well as I do, we'll wait and see how that flies. Well. Like I say, we'll wait and see if it ever gets. If it ever flies, yeah, if it ever flies. So the so the schedule's up. Schedule's up. ParisAutoSpeedway.com or check out our Facebook page. Um, You know, we're gonna our first sprint car night's gonna sprint cars, including the young guns. Which this year it's the gas chassis young guns. The winner, champion of the series at the end of the year, is going to get a gas chassis courtesy of Wow and Sexton down your way. It'll be the senior sprint cars, and this year the stock cars, we're going to rotate the stock cars in and out of the sprint car shows. So the first night's going to have super stocks and street stocks. Um, gotcha. Stock car shows just have never drawn well, mm-hmm. no matter what Don tried. So, you know, it just got to the point. It's like, you know, we're throwing money. Must have drive down the freeway and throw money out the window. So right. he's going to mix them up with the sprint cars this year. Yeah. Well, you know, and nobody looks under every stone like Don Kazarian, let me tell you. I mean, and he doesn't normally take no for an answer, and he'll figure out a way. Because it's about the fans, and there are people that like both divisions. It's just, you know, just got to keep pushing until it, till he finds that combination, but it's out there. Well, a lot of people don't understand this is a business. Exactly. Um, bottom line, it's a business. You know, you got 
got a business where you're throwing money at something that's not working, what do you normally do? You stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's done that with the stock cars for decades. Yeah. And it just got to the point, you know, and they'll be racing in front of bigger crowds. You know, it should be when we ran the modifieds with them a couple of years ago, the guys who came, guys and gals who came out and raced with the modifieds on sprint car nights, they loved the racetrack because the sprint car smoothed the track out. Yeah. There's always so, a positive. You know, hopefully the stock car people are going to realize the same thing and they're going to be happy with it. Yep. All right, buddy. Folks, go to parisautospeedway.com. Check out the schedule. Mark your calendar and be sure you're out there this coming Saturday for Night of Destruction. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you you down the road. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer segments brought to you by Certified Car Clinic. Greg and his team can definitely take care of all your automobiles, plus all your race cars, whether a sand car, circle car, drag car. It's got an in house dyno. Anything he does, he can verify it. Also, if you have air conditioning and heating, you definitely want to. Hook up with Weather Machine, 9303 Bond Avenue in El Cajon. Go to weathermachine.net, weathermachine.net. They'll take good care of you, family-owned and operated. Third uh, generation of uh, heating and air. When they come to your house, they don't just work on your AC. They give you a complete inspection, talking about different uh, devices for carbon monoxide poisoning and, and all the other things that you would need. Very educational. Call them at 619-443-8 or 9974. All right, I'm going to let you chat with these two. i got to go downstairs and get the next guest. Fantastic. Uh, on occasion, I bring in pictures. I think I, I kind of started that with you, Lars. Do you remember last time I brought in some pictures? Do you remember that? No. Okay, you don't have to. But my, at the time... My memory is good but short. <laughs> well, at the time, we were also talking about a BMW that you used to pull. Was it a Beamer that you pulled a car or pulled your race motorcycle around with? What did you have? A Mercedes, a BMW? Yeah, Mercedes. It was a Mercedes. Yeah. Okay. And you said, oh, I wish you'd had a picture. I don't know if I have a picture, but in my mind, I and, and I think I even told you, that I didn't feel comfortable printing this picture because you were shirtless but to this day i wonder is that your mercedes in the background yes dear oh that is it okay (laughs) when you said i wish i had a picture with the mercedes i might have told you on air like yeah i I came across one but you were shirtless so i guess that's it uh now you you can sell anything with good advertising yeah Yeah, that's you working what do you remember what you're doing there that is in a little camping place outside Liège in Belgium, mm-hmm. and it's a, you know, in 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 Europe you can go to different countries real quick within yeah. just a few hours. Yeah. So after our races, if I raced over there that Saturday or Sunday, then we all drove—not all, but a lot of us—drove back to this camping place mm-hmm. we washed our bikes we fixed our bikes we could go out and eat together and you know and then came thursday afternoon or friday okay i gotta go to germany and race and i gotta go down 
to Switzerland and race or, you know, yeah. we scattered. Yeah. And then we came back. Oh, right on. And that was like a, uh, a home away from home yeah. type of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as I got out on the international circuits, that's where all the big guys, you know, Rolf Tiblin, Stan Lundin, Bill Nilsson, all the world champion guys, mm -hmm. you know, they were there. Oh, nice. So, so here you come first year out on the circuit, so to speak. Yeah. And you get to be with those guys. Mm -hmm. you, you got to know them and you, you listen to them, their mm -hmm. stories, and you go out and eat with them. I mean, it was for a kid. You're in dreamland. Good, it's yeah. like going to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Now, Chip, I'm not going to let you off the hook. I brought in a few pictures, and they might, you know, spur a story or two. Maybe describe to our listener one or two. Um, well, the top left is my two daughters mm -hmm. on a 305 Honda Scrambler that I used to have. You have uh, adventures with them. Yeah, right? and then the that motorcycle, the importance to me of a Honda 305 is that's the very ever first motorcycle I got to ride on. My best friend when we were little kids, his dad had one and took me for a ride up in Ramona and scared the hell out of me. <laughs> From then on, I was hooked. You were I hooked? was hanging on for dear life. And But if if you know a 305 Honda Scrambler, the sound of it. it yeah, Dave's going to hopefully listen back. He loves the Scrambler, too. Yeah, yeah. you know that bike. And then uh, the other one is from uh, when I was qualifying for six days. I won overall a six-day um, six qualifier in Oregon. And that's what that picture. Which Hallman, one? Hallman Racing sponsored me. Oh, and they did an ad in nice uh, ad, yes. Cycle News. Mm -hmm. And the picture on the bottom left is in Italy in 1981 on the IT465. And the bottom right picture is a picture of Lars on, <laughs> on my 250. Do you remember YZ. that? I I knew that about that picture. That's why I brought. Do you remember this, Lars? Do you want to see I it? I need to see the picture. Uh, Dave, we were just talking about his scrambler. Is what mm -hmm. a scrambler is what got chip hooked. It scared the you-know-what out of him, and he says, I need more, basically. Yeah, that, yeah that, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but a 305 Honda Scrambler, probably. The, if yeah, one yeah. went by right now, you'd know the sound of it. Oh, I mean, are you kidding? I used yeah. to. Yeah. I literally commuted 100 miles a day on one of those. Nice. Really? Wow. In Northern California in the winter. No. Time are you I, still cool, uh, warming up from that? Oh, man. I tell you, it take at least a good two hours once I got to, the, got to work to, to yeah. get the chill out of your bone. Lars, can you tell us? You seem like you yeah, want to well, tell that, us. That, uh, it's an old-timer race uh, out in Cahia, mm -hmm. and I didn't have an old bike, and Ship was nice enough to let me use one of his. And what is it, Lars? It's a 250 Yamaha, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. a 250 Yamaha, yes. You I still do. got a 305? Yeah. You do? Hey, see? see he's perking up. He yeah. loves the scary Bone, bone stock or? <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, too. <laughs> Go ahead and just rub my nose in it. What color is it? It's a red one. It's a red Very one. rare. They came in red, blue, or black. Most of them were black. Well, they were silver. Well, the tank is silver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The frame. The frame and the headlight and everything. Okay, so the tanks are still silver, even oh. with the red frames? Correct. Yeah. Wasn't the red kind of a rare one? Uh, in, in production? I believe, 68, they changed to like a copper color with yeah. chrome, chrome fenders on a 68. Do you have the collector? Uh, on the on the pipes, no, yeah. Who does? No, it's the first thing you threw away. Yeah, I have it, but I don't have it on there. Oh, but you do have it. Yeah, it came with the bike. You know what that thing costs? No, if you were to buy one today, I can't imagine. 
imagine. Dude, it's it's stupid <laughs> money. Right. Oh, now I know you live in Alpine. I definitely got to come right? see this. He's going to be knocking yeah. on your door. Yeah, you'll probably have me back on if you come over to the house. Oh. <laughs> you haven't ridden her in a while? Oh, what's that? No. Well, I haven't ridden that bike. And then I have a CL125A that looks like a baby 305. Right. Yeah, no, I know. I just like it. Well, I keep looking. I keep looking. And all of a sudden, there'll be a 125. All right. And the price is way less than a 305, but... Yep. Well, I can tell you stories that I used to do with that 305 because I thought it was invincible. Yeah. Well, they were good bikes. Really. But it was invincible. I could, I did stuff with it nobody should have done with it. Wow. Yeah. What kind of stuff? Ah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Do, we'll do that at, maybe at breakfast. I'll see you at Janet's and I'll share, <laughs> I'll share the stories. I like your style, Chip. Yeah. Oh, he found the water. I'm so sorry. It's not cool. Can, can I bring you back to Italy? What, uh-huh. Are you on the street? Yes. I see people up on a high wall looking down at you. It looks like. Yeah. Italy was, uh, 1981 was on the Isle of Elba, uh, where Napoleon was exiled to. Okay. And I would I would say it's probably like six days on Catalina Island. No. Oh, oh. It was, you know, 200 miles the first day. Lars has ridden way more six days. But um and then the next day, you ride it backwards. the other way. Yeah. <laughs> day three is a new day. Day four is backwards. Day five is a new day. And then day six is a fairly short day because they need to run the final motos oh. all day long. And, uh, yeah, this was just on a transition from one dirt section to another oh, okay. on the pavement. And I think people that watch on any Sunday, they know about our helmet colors. Oh, the blue with yeah. the white stripes? Blue with the white stripes. And, and the Italians really like the Americans. When we were over there, they'd be cheering for us when we are coming by. They'd see that helmet half a mile away. No kidding. I got to see really Lars's cool. helmet yeah. in person. Your blue helmet with the white stripe? I'm pretty sure I saw it before yeah. you sent it up to the museum. Is yeah. it in a museum now? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Which museum is it at? Well, I have two bikes. One up uh, there building a huge international blah, 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 something in Chicago. And then uh, the other bike is at a museum in St. Louis with the Munganest family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Talk, talking about Elba, uh, I was there not as a competitor. I was on the international jury. But the uh, one day they had a little kind of a museum and Napoleon had his things there and I have sat which was a no-no but I did it anyway I sat in Napoleon's bed Wow! In his bed? In his bed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you weren't <laughs> very supposed li- to Very that. little short bed. He was a very That's short man. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very sh- ah, and you're not so short. How did you get into yeah. his bed? Some kind of a little museum where they oh, had things, okay. you know, and and, so, and I walk around there and all oh, that's his bed, and you know I kind of look around that's and terrible. I sat on it. <laughs> You're as bad as I am. I was in Congress one time when they were you know, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, I was actually in the army. And I went and sat in the Speaker of the House's chair. Oh, yeah. And didn't realize you're not supposed oh. to do that. Well, especially be, not these days. I love being naughty. Yeah, well. Oh, my. <laughs> Nowadays, they call that an insurrection. Yep, but, exactly you know. what I was And that's thinking. the first thing I thought of when I when I seen it. I went, ooh, ooh. How good thing back? no one. Yeah. 1965. Yeah, right? yeah, that's funny. Different times. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, it's been fun, uh, fun having you on. It's been hope great. You, hope you enjoyed it. 
a little bit of nostalgia you know that's kind of like we do a lot of nostalgia here mainly trying to educate the masses about you know the writers you know like the marty tripes of the world Mm -hmm. that we've had in and Mm -hmm. you know then of course we got mr larson and did you we're real close to the end of the show but did you hear about that kid that came over from australia Uh, for uh yeah, for the Baja. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, we had him on. Oh, wow. Yeah, we actually went down to... Um, the barbecue. Old, old Highway 80 barbecue. In a red Mustang, Lars. We went to that barbecue place. Yeah, we went place. to that barbecue yeah. place. Just to rub it in. Yeah. All right, folks. We got to hit the road. That's Racer Radio. But don't forget, we'll be back next weekend right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com